0: Bible, I hope you do. I hope you do. And I do pray I can present this to you the best that the Lord would have me to deliver it to you. Amen. If you got your Bible, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> when you got it, let me know you got it. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. Amen. Paul would write these words to Timothy. Oh, my Lord, I just feel his presence. So strong this morning. He says these words to Timothy in 2 Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and quick, and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. This morning, I want to preach a message titled to you, Taking On Timothy's Burden. Taking On Timothy's Burden. Would you pray with me? Father, I come to you this morning, O God, in the name of Jesus. Fear and trembling, O God, of not mishandling your word. But, Lord, I ask that you would help me to rightly divide it. God, that it would impart truth and faith to the hearer. God, that you would move upon every one here, here is present today and those that may tune in at a latter time. Lord, we ask, Lord, that faith would arise in our hearts. God, that we would have a greater surrender in our hearts and lives to the finished work of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in Jesus name we pray amen and amen second timothy was paul's final letter that he would write to the young pastor timothy first second timothy and titus they are the pastoral epistles given to us in regards to some church order and government and and how things should operate, but as well, it also pertains to um, qualities of those who are God called, God sent. Paul would tell us in Titus that he, he was sent to Crete to set in order some things that were lacking, right? But we also know that the Bible tells us, and I believe in First Timothy, that Paul would he he had uh, called for Timothy to be placed there in Ephesus and to abide there. Meaning he was called as a preacher of the gospel for a purpose. And that purpose was to help build, to help further equip the saints. Amen. But what he was called to, he was called to stay there. You know, one of the hardest things for us to do is to stay planted in Christ by faith. Because it is a fight. I said it is a fight. And second and foremost, amen, when the Lord calls us into or calls us to be a part of, listen, a local assembly, a local congregation, or maybe the fivefold ministry or a gift of helps or administration or governments, whatever it may be, one of the hardest things for us is to stay put where God's planted us. One of the hardest things for us to do is to abide. Amen. We're 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 people that like to get out to do things our way, amen. But the cross, amen, takes that away. As Sister Lindsay uh, presented to us that the power of the cross, the preaching of the cross, is the power of God. It's the power of God that is to destroy everything that's not of Christ, amen. amen. God's not trying to improve us; He's wanting to eliminate us so that Christ can be seen in our bodies in our life in our ministry in our homes in our in our jobs amen but again paul would write this letter as an encouragement to timothy because paul was fully aware of the hindrances the obstacles the difficulties the persecution amen the divisions and all of the things that come with being a christian not just being a preacher But he knew, amen, what it was like, amen, to be on the front line, so to speak. Amen, on the battlefield for the Lord. He knew what it was like to fight that good fight of faith. He knew what it was like to stay on course. And he knew what it was like to feel at times all alone like no one else was there and nobody else mattered nobody else cared what he was facing or going through. Amen. But through that all, the Lord provided grace. His ability for Paul to continue to stand. And I'm here to tell you this morning, the Lord is designed for his church to rise and stand. As Brother Vols preached a message on Acts chapter 26, verse 16, it's been stirring in my heart. Oh my Lord, all this week. Amen. The Lord has called us not to sit down, but to rise and to stand. Amen. What for what purpose? To preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. Amen. We would listen, we hadn't been baptized with the Holy Ghost just to speak Him with tongues. We've been baptized with the Holy Ghost and do with power on high to preach the gospel. That was the purpose. Amen. Of Pentecost. Hallelujah. That we not be fearful. That we not be backward, bashful, or shy. But that we, we be confident in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Paul would write this letter to him to encourage him not just to continue in the race set before him, but to continue into the end. Amen. It matters how we start, but it also matters how we finish or if we finish. We're living. There's no doubt in my mind. We're living in the last days. If you can't see that, my friend, this morning, it's time to come back to that altar. It's time to give that heart back to the Lord Jesus Christ one more time. Amen. I said it's time to surrender back to the King of kings and the Lord of glory. Paul would look at this young man and he took it upon himself. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1 1 and 2, Paul called Timothy his own son in the faith. Amen. Every single pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. They see those whom they minister to as sons and daughters in the faith. Amen. As fellow fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. They see them. Amen. Paul would labor. He would labor this gospel imparting this truth to Timothy. Amen, he would deposit this truth into the life, pouring out his life to him, but he would recognize him as his own son in the faith. Second Timothy chapter one, he called him his dearly beloved son, which means it was a, they had an intimate relationship one with another. Amen. He knew that Timothy was the one whom God had called and God had sent for such a time as this. and I believe this morning. Amen, God is calling some of you, amen, to come on out and to bear this burden with Timothy. Amen, I believe this morning that God is moving upon the hearts and lives of some of those that just have an ear to hear. Amen, the Lord is saying, whom shall I send? Who shall go for us? Amen, I said, who will go for us? Amen, the Lord is just looking for a willing vessel. He's not looking for someone that's got a doctorate and a degree and has been to a theological seminary. He's just looking for a willing vessel yielded to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But we see here that Paul had a heart very compassionate for Timothy because he knew the trials that he would face. He knew the temptations that he would face. And he also knew the greater the crawl, the greater the threat that he would be. Amen to the powers of darkness. Amen. He knew that God had a plan for Timothy's life. Amen. But he also knew all the things that went along with ministry. He knew of the joys of of salvation. A man of seeing souls saved. He knew of the joys of seeing believers baptized in the Holy Spirit. He knew of the joys of seeing the church beginning to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He knew of those joys, but he also knew of the hardships. A man of watching many forsake him from time to time. Not because they were forsaking him, but they were forsaking the truth of God's Word which is one of the hardest things that we all face in in times of ministry, is laboring with those whom we've grown dear to love, who's, who's rubbed elbows with us, who's shared platforms with us, or stood on the street corners with us, but yet they turn and they leave this faith. Amen. But they turn and they leave this faith. And no doubt about it, I believe Paul was writing this letter, again, possibly because of the age of Timothy. Amen. Even though he may have been young, he was very mature in the gospel. But he, Paul also knew or he was very aware of our flesh. Amen. Our flesh and our emotions and our feelings will cause us to draw back. Amen. Our fa- our feelings, our emotions will cause us to sit down. Amen. We'll just shut up. Amen. We'll just shut up. We won't say nothing. Amen. Come on. Why? Because we don't want to be persecuted. We want to be liked. We want to be liked. But if we're crucified with Christ, we're not We don't minister the Word of God. We don't share the Word of God. We don't represent Christ, amen, to make friends. Amen. We're called into a ministry. I'm saying we. A ministry of reconciliation. It's not really an option. Because the same one that called you and saved you by His grace, He desires to use your mouth. Moses wanted to make an excuse, but the Lord said, I made your mouth. And the Bible says, if you'll just open your mouth wide, I'll feel it. God will give you the words if you'll just surrender to Him. He wants to, listen, He's just looking for somebody willing. And I'm not talking about willing in our flesh, because we can be willing in flesh, but yet not be crucified. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But listen, Paul was so... He saw this young man and he was burdened for him even in the prison cell. Even though he was bound by a chain in a Roman prison cell, his mind was on Timothy. His own beloved son in the faith. Why was that? Why was that? Because Paul desired to see that the gospel in which he had received from Christ would be protected, would be preserved, would be contended for. And in no way or no no one would pervert it. He did not desire a mixture, but he knew that there would be those who would come in and corrupt it. Paul had faced it all through his ministry. And he gives Timothy these same warnings over and over and over again, both in 1st and 2nd Timothy, of warning about those who would try to pervert the gospel, those who would try to mix the gospel with fables, who would try to bring in just a little bit of leaven. But Paul encouraged him. (laughs) He encouraged him. Amen. Stand up, Timothy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up and be a soldier of the cross. Hallelujah. Paul knew that if he didn't encourage Timothy, Timothy could waver in his faith. We can all waver in our faith. I said we can all waver in our faith. Amen. But listen, let me tell you something. You just being in that seat is encouraging to me. It's encouraging to your neighbor. It's encouraging to those that's watching. Amen. I said it's encouraging. You know why? The Bible tells us not to forsake the assembly. You know why? Because it's edifying to the body that what you're facing, they're facing. You know what? We're not in this thing alone. We're marching along together. But what the Lord is designed to do in these last days, amen, is have somebody stand up, stand out, and be just a little bit different than everybody else. Amen. Timothy was that one in that day. Paul said, look, I know I'm over here in prison. I'm fixing to face death. But Timothy, I'm passing the torch on to you, son. It's up to you. It's up to you to keep running this race. It's up to you to keep fighting this good fight of faith. It's up to you to keep preaching the word. Whether it be convenient or inconvenient. He said, in season or out of season? What's out of season? When I'm feeling a little dry. When I'm feeling a little down and out. When I feel like I'm in the mulley grubs. When I don't feel like I feel him. Amen. He says, be instant in season. To preach the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul would not only call him his young son in the faith. Paul, I believe, recognized not only the call upon his life. He knew that he would be faithful to that calling. But well, you know what? A little encouragement along the way don't hurt anybody. I said a little bit of encouragement along the way don't hurt anybody. As a sister came to me this morning and said, Brother Don, I've listened to your messages for a long time. I said, really? <laughs> Never met them in person. But that's encouraging to me. Yeah. That's encouraging to me. Amen. This morning I had an email from somebody. I have no idea who it is. And they said, Brother Don, i listened listen to this message. It was something. I can't remember the words, but I was like, praise God. That's encouraging to me. We don't do it for, listen, we don't do it for applause. We don't do it for public recognition. We do it because we're called of God to present this truth. Paul says, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel of Christ. Because there's a necessity laid upon us. We're bearing that burden, the burden of Christ. We've literally took that yoke upon us. We're taking that yoke, brother. Amen. Upon us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Even though this this letter, I think this is pretty interesting here. And I want you to go with me to 1 Thessalonians real quick because this letter here, to Timothy his the last letter that Paul would write to t- Timothy again would be an encouragement a word of encouragement to Timothy the pastor but if we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 through 8 i want you to read this with me real quick it says Paul writes this letter and this by the way is the first letter that Paul wrote and he wrote it to the church watch this Paul and Silas and Timothy unto and the church of the Thessalonians which is in God the Father and in in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience and hope of our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in the power and in the Holy Spirit in much assurance. In much assurance. See, some folks have taken our determination and mistaken that as pride. But if we're standing on that rock that we sang about this morning, we've got much assurance. Assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. They recognized their lifestyle lined up with the message they preached. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in what? Much affliction, which with joy of the Holy Spirit. Here we go. So that you were examples to all who believe in Macedonia and Acacia, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but also in every place your faith toward Godward is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. He's saying we don't need to correct y'all. We already see the demonstration of the faith that you've received in your heart and life. Because they believed, therefore they were speaking what they believed. Amen? And But look at this. I love this part right here. It says, so that you were examples to all. Paul was an example to Timothy. And he's, handing, he's he's telling Timothy, Timothy, you're going to be an example to all. And this same gospel which has been committed to your trust, I'm asking that you also commit it to other faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Amen. That's the way God works. He's working, amen, through the preaching of the cross, the preaching of the Word of God, amen, because the Word of God is summed up in Calvary. Amen. If we need the ki- the fire rekindled in us, we need to hear the preaching of the cross. I said, if we need the ki- fire rekindled in us, we need the preaching of the cross. Hallelujah, <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul knew this this morning. Amen. He knew Hallelujah that pa- that Timothy needed to be encouraged because at times he may have felt a little withdrawn. He may have felt a little uh, a little uh, inadequate. But Paul was trying to encourage him and exhort him (sighs) pertaining to the calling of God upon his life. Not just to sit down upon that which God had called him to, but to continue in it. But to continue in it. He desired that Timothy would stay the course and be the man of that day to hold the line. Amen. Hallelujah because Paul knew that if he did not have someone if he did not have someone to hold this doctrine to keep this doctrine pure and to keep it sound and the gospel of grace could be lost. therefore first and second Timothy again they were we also see there were warnings amen that Paul would give us. Amen. But he would tell his son, I don't want you to be unsettled. I don't want you to be unshaken in your faith because of these things. Amen. Because many will depart from the faith. Many will depart from the faith. The Lord would write, I mean, Paul would write these letters to Timothy, the Lord knowing what Timothy had need of in order to keep him fighting this good fight of faith. Amen. He honored and respected Paul to such a degree. And one thing I love about this too, if we go back in 2 Timothy, the the first part of it, there was one fellow that would go to Rome, even though he knew Paul was thrown in a Roman jail cell. Amen. Paul would say, he often refreshed me. Amen. He was refreshing. He was like a breath of fresh air to me because he was of the same faith, like-minded. He was cross-eyed and determined. And he encouraged Paul to see, amen, that he had not labored in vain in the Lord. And he saw the fruit of his labors operating and working in this man's life. My Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. But Paul would know this, that that Timothy, amen, when he got a hold of that gospel plow, he wasn't going to look back. Amen, as Jesus said, no man having put forth his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. He's giving you a message. He's giving us the power, but he's asking this morning who will go for us. Yes. Hallelujah. Who will bear this burden? Hallelujah. I got so much to say. Y'all probably give me about three hours and we might get it. Oh, I'm just kidding. Nobody's laughing. Oh. In First Timothy chapter one, verse eighteen, Paul would tell Timothy this: Hallelujah! He said, "This charge I commit unto you, son Timothy. According to the prophecies that went, that went <laughs> which went before, on you that you by them might war a good warfare." He was telling Timothy, "Timothy, you're going to you're going to face some spiritual battle, son." And the weapons of your warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, taking into captivity every thought and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. He's saying, Timothy, you stay true to the cross, and the Lord's going to deliver you through everything you face. Amen. Through everything you face. Amen. He says, holding faith in a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made what? shipwrecked so paul in the first letter he's telling him hey look there's going to be some that's going to depart from this faith but don't be moved by that timothy you stay the course you stay the course you keep preaching the word you keep preaching the cross timothy amen even though there may be some fall on the left and some fall on the right you keep marching forward amen and then we would see, he would also tell us not just to fight, to have, to, to war, good warfare, but he would say to hold faith. That means to keep, to protect, to preserve. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like a treasure. It's this treasure that we have in earthen vessels. Amen. It's the hope of glory. Hallelujah. But he would also tell us in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, amen, that it, the Spirit would speak expressly, that in the latter time some would depart from the faith. Departing from the faith. Departing from the faith. Well, I ain't departed from the faith. I still believe the cross. I'm going to say it like this. If you depart from the church that's preaching the cross, it's a sign you're departing from the faith. You can like me or love me. It don't really matter. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Paul said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Look, it's the truth that sets you free, and it's the truth that will keep you free. It's the, listen, it's the truth that will keep you from being fearful of what men say and what men think. Amen. I said it's the truth. Hallelujah. Y'all okay? He says it. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Seducing spirits. Amen. These are evil spirits. These are spirits that sound right. They look right. Amen. They might even act right. But they're seducing. They sound right. They say the cross. But they teach you you don't have to repent anymore now that you're saved. They say the cross, but now they teach sinless perfection. You follow what I'm saying? Amen. Hallelujah. Paul would warn Timothy. Timothy that these things would take place. Amen. He would warn him, and he would tell him, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, see, it's it's up to us to let you know this is where we're at today. We're in the last days. Amen. You need to examine yourself if you be in the faith that you say you're in. Are you walking in the light as he is in the light? Are you having fellowship with Jesus as you say you are? Is your life looking like darkness? Is it looking like the world? Hallelujah. Man, I need somebody to amen. Amen. I will then. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he says, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ. (coughs) Church don't want a good minister. They want a puppet. Amen. Somebody they can pay. Somebody that will be, do what they tell them to do. That's not, what, that's not the God-called position of a pastor, teacher, amen, or evangelist. Amen. Nourish up in the words of faith and of doctrine whereunto you have attained. <clears throat> but he says, but refuse profane and wise, old wives' fables and exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Amen. Keep your faith in the cross, son. Don't get mis- Don't get pulled into the arguments and the distractions of the naysayers and the mountain mo- mockers who's tr- still trying to convince you that you derive from an ape. Don't get wrapped up in the arguments, Amen. Of those who are claiming the world's flat. Don't get wrapped up in all that. Preach the gospel. <clears throat> Preach the gospel, Amen. Hallelujah. Then Paul would tell him to not neglect the reading nor the gift but to meditate on those things huh? amen why, was he, why would Paul tell Timothy the preacher that he had sent to Ephesus to do so because he knew it was needful in order for him to be approved unto God amen see we're not looking for man's approval amen we're looking for the approval of God amen and the Bible says to study to show thyself approved amen Unto God, a workman who needed not be in shame, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word of truth is the cross because the cross, amen, is the sword of the Spirit that separates everything that's false, amen, and points to everything that's true. Hello. That's why we don't like that cross-preaching church, amen? Everybody knows where it is and everybody knows what's said over there. But when that cross is preached, it puts the finger on that golden calf somebody's clinging to and the flesh gets offended. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you'll repent and come back to Calvary, God will rekindle a fire in your heart, amen, and you won't be an enemy of the cross. You'll become a preacher of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll become a preacher of it. Hallelujah. (coughs) Hallelujah. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Hallelujah. Just got to go through a few things real quick, I think. I got that wrong probably. Looks like I do. Not wrong, chapter. Let's go over one more. Hallelujah. Paul would tell Timothy... He would first tell him to flee these things. What was he telling him to flee? The love of money. Amen. The love. Why was he telling him that? Because Paul knew, amen, how the devil works. Amen. The devil, listen, there's a lot of preachers that bought off on the bill of goods, the devil told them, said, What's this in you? What's what's, What's in this for you? Judas was one of those. What's in this, what's in this for you? He liked the identification of walking with Jesus. He liked the miracles, the signs and what he even liked, he liked the name Apostle Judas. Apostle Judas. But at the end of the day, it was, what would he give him? He didn't want that cross. He wanted to associate with Jesus, the Savior. He wanted to associate as being a minister and one of his, but he failed to identify with Calvary. Amen. Listen to me, my friend. We know there people I I already know how the devil works, man. Oh my Lord. He'll get in your mind and say, man, if he can preach, I can do it for sure. <laughs> Listen, unless you're crucified with Christ, you can't do nothing. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, you can't do nothing. Hallelujah. I said, you can't do nothing. But he says, you flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Why is he telling Timothy to fight this fight of faith? To let him know that he's not only in a warfare, but it's going to be the fight of his life. Not only to stay planted in Christ, but to remain in that calling. To remain in that calling. To, be, to remain faithful unto the end. Because Paul could relate to the hardships and the rejections and the scourgings and the fastings. Night and day without sleep. He could relate to all of that. He could relate to it all. And he knew that there was a cost for following Christ. I said he knew there was a cost for following Christ. anybody feel that? My Lord, there was a cost for following Christ. But he says this: fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life, where to you are also called and profess a good profession before many witnesses. Hallelujah. But look at verse 20. He says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to your trust. That means to guard with your life. To guard with your life. To guard with your life as if your life depended upon it. Listen, it's not only dependent upon your life, it's dependent upon the life of others. It's dependent upon the life of others. What we do with the gospel is not only dependent upon whether or not we have eternal life, it's dependent upon whether or not others have eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's okay to be a little zealous for the Great Commission, Brother Dewey. It's okay to get a little excited about a soul being saved. It's a little, listen, it's okay to say, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Hallelujah! The gospel of the cross ought to make us go getters, not quitters. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! But he says there in first, first Timothy chapter six verse twenty twenty one, he says, "Keep that which is committed to your trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings." And oppositions of science, falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. See, every time Paul would give Timothy this charge, this command, this exhortation to continue, he would also let him know, hey, there's going to be some that's going to leave. There's going to be some that's going to say, no, I'm done with this cross thing. there's going to be some that's going to say, no, it's easier for me to try to serve God in the flesh. (laughs) Well, I'll go back over to that Baptist church where the Holy Ghost is not moving, where He's not putting His finger on stuff in my life, where He's not convicting me of drinking. He's not convicting me of pornography. He's not convicting me of lust. He's not convicting me. Come on. It's easier somewhere else where the cross is not being preached. I know what I'm talking about. So what happens? We then become a form of godliness without power. But the message of the cross is what? It's the power of God. And if the power of God, if we're receiving the power of God, the power of God is going to cause us to rise and stand, brother Dewey. Amen. We might just ask them, hey, listen, we don't, again, we not we don't have to have a degree, but we might just ask them, where are you gonna go when you die? Are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? What gospel do you preach? What gospel do you believe? Oh, you believe that water dunking gospel. Oh, no, that's not gonna save you because water only gets you wet. It's the blood of Jesus that will redeem you. It's the blood of Jesus that'll draw you nigh to God. It's the blood of Jesus that'll blot out every sin. Amen. It's the blood of Jesus that will make you unblameable and unreprovable in the sight of God. But the water's not going to save you. Be baptized because you believe, because you've been washed in the blood. But not for. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why Paul would say, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ would be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us that are saved is the power of God. Paul knew that there would be those that would leave and depart and walk away from this gospel. But Paul would also tell Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and 16, take heed unto yourself. See, this is personal. It's personal. It's not what Joe next door does or Sam over here. It's what I'm doing with what I'm receiving. Take heed unto yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this, you shall both save yourself and them. Who hear you. Paul was encouraging Timothy don't leave this cross. Don't leave this cross. Do you see the value of, cro- of the cross today? Do you see the value? It's not only a place of being forgiven of sin, it's the place where you find freedom from sin. Freedom from law, freedom from this flesh, freedom from this world, freedom from the dominion, amen, and the influence of the devil. Doesn't mean he's not going to still try to whisper in your ear. Doesn't mean he's not going to still try to throw some fiery darts at you. But if we'll fight the good fight of faith, that shield of faith will quench every fiery dart that's thrown at you and I and we can still be standing at the end of the day and people will say, I don't know how they're making it through this. I don't know how they're enduring like this. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. It's the goodness of God that will cause us to stand because it was the goodness of God that made us in right standing with God to begin with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then we get over to 2 Timothy. I still got a good 30 minutes. Ooh, praise God. <coughs> we get over to 2 Timothy. Amen. The Bible tells us Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, it was God's will that he be sent to, to preach the gospel, to plant churches everywhere. Amen. But it was also God's will to help equip Timothy to fulfill the work of the ministry that he was called into. It wasn't just about Paul and Paul's ministry. Amen. It was about the message of Christ and him crucified. Amen. Watch this. Let's look at verse 5. Just kind of scroll down a little bit. There's so much I could be say, say there because he says, let's just read it, verse three. I thank God, whom I serve, for for uh fathers and pure con- with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. Paul remembered Timothy because Timothy he saw again the hunger in the heart and life of Timothy. He hungered and thirsted for for righteousness. It says, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears. That tells me that. Somewhere along the way, either either Timothy was near when Paul was arrested and taken off to Rome. I don't know that for a fact, or he caught word of it. But the Bible says here that he said, "Being mindful of your tears." So he, I think, Paul saw him weeping for Paul, weeping for weeping over the uh, what was taking place in the life of Paul. Amen, hallelujah. But in in spite of all that, again, he says that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I persuaded that it is also in you, or, you, or in you also. Amen. He's saying, hey, look, I see that unwavering, amen, undiluted, unshakable faith in you that I saw in your mama and in your grandmama. I see that faith, hallelujah. See, God's looking, looking. I'm telling you this morning, He's wanting some examples before the world. He's wanting people, amen, that's got faith that's unshakable. And faith is, uh, the only faith that's unshakable is that faith is standing upon the rock, Christ Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Standing upon that rock, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's an immovable mass. Hallelujah, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. But he says these words. He said, when I call to remembrance of the unfeigned faith. Then he says in verse 6, wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Now, Paul didn't give him a gift. Paul was simply saying when he put his hands upon him, the Bible says, lay hands on no man suddenly. What Paul was doing when he prayed for Timothy and placed his hands upon him, he saw the call of God upon his life. He was was in agreement with the Lord of what the Lord was doing in his life. He saw the gift and the calling. Amen. you ain't got to say, well, I think God's called me to this or I think God's called... No, it will be evident. It'll be evident, hallelujah. But he says, I'll put you in remembrance that you stir up. (sighs) Rekindle that fire that's within me. That's what that word stir means, to rekindle, to rekindle, to rekindle. Amen. Do you remember that time when he saved you? Do you remember that day? Amen. Do you remember that hour? You may not know the exact date, but do you remember do you remember, hallelujah, when you was baptized with the Holy Spirit? Do you remember that day? Amen. When the drugs fell off. Amen. The, the, the dip fell off. The, the alcohol, whatever it was, just fell. Do you remember that day? Do you remember that? And do you remember the day that he called you to be saved? Do you remember the day, because I know I'm not ignorant. God's calling. He's tugging on some hearts. He's tugging on some hearts. Amen. He's calling folks out of the boat. He's bidding you to come. But the thing about it is, are you willing to hear? Are you willing to hear His voice? Are you willing to follow Him? He says, Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Again, the power of God is to keep us from being fearful of what men may say or what men may think. Amen. Amen. It's to keep you standing on your toes. Because, listen, fear and faith can't go together. Because it's faith that overcomes the world. It's faith that overcomes the devil. It's faith that overcomes anything and everything that you and I face. Amen? But he says, you've not received the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Faith worketh by love. So if faith is working by love, then we're going to overcome whatever we face. Amen? Amen? And of a sound mind. We can only have a right mind as we take up this cross daily. And only as we continually cling to this old rugged cross can we find ourselves not ashamed. Verse 8. Be thou therefore, I'm sorry, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us, what? Out of them all. How is he going to do that, amen? As we continue to fight this fight of faith, remaining on the course that he set before us. This course is a path of faith. We're called to live by faith. That's what the Bible says. The justified shall live by what? Faith. But it's faith in the Son of God, not faith in self, not faith in the words, but faith in the living Word, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for you and I, for us to be witnesses unto him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. His own purpose and grace. We get in the way too many times because we fail to remain crucified with Christ. We'll begin to lean upon our own understanding instead of leaning toward Calvary. Right? But he says, but according to his own purpose and grace. If God's called you to it, he's going to bring you through it. If God's called you to it, he's going to supply the need for it. If God's called you to it, he's going to equip you, he's going to keep you, and he's going to provide the grace for you to stand. I said, he's going to call, and listen, if he's done it, he's if he's done it, he's going to provide everything you have need of. Look at verse 11, because Paul would say this, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Basically, Paul was saying, look, I couldn't be who I am without the grace of God. And then he would say in another verse, I am what I am by the grace of God. Well, Paul, I don't like the way you presented that. I don't like the way you said that. Well, God was the one that was working both in him, both to will and to do. So if you got a problem with the messenger, quit complaining to the messenger about how they delivered or how they did it. Maybe you need to take that up with the Lord and say, hey, can you help my brother or sister present it a little better? <laughs> Maybe a way I can understand it. I don't know. I'm just saying. Let me just say this real quick. Paul writing this letter to Timothy to encourage this, this young pastor, amen, to exhort him to continue. That's what takes place in the pulpit. It's to exhort you to continue in this faith. It's to exhort you to continue on. It's to exhort you when Monday morning comes along, amen, and the alarm goes off and you say, I don't want to get out of bed. And the Lord says, beep, beep, beep. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's time to get up. It's time to rise and shine, church. Amen, it's time to rise and shine. Amen, we've been called out of darkness into this marvelous light. Amen, it's time for us to shine this gospel to all the world. Amen, look at this. He says this. Where am I at? Help me out. Where? Eleven, twelve. 12. For the witch calls, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed. Do you know? Do you know? We've been listening to some good preaching and teaching on Wednesday nights about assurance. There's a lot of folks out there. They got a, well, I hope I'm going to go to heaven. Well, I hope I make it. I hope I can get over this. The foundation of God stands sure. Sure. And I'm standing on a, I'm standing on a sure foundation this morning. Amen. It ain't rocky. It ain't moving. Amen. And when my feet are planted upon that rock, my friend, amen, all of hell can come against us, but the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Hmm. I don't know about that guy. He's a nut. Paul, that's what they said about Paul. That's why he was thrown in a prison cell. He said, For the which cause? For the preaching of the gospel. I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And then he would tell Timothy, Hold fast to the form of sound words. What are those sound words? It's that form of doctrine that was once delivered unto you. That doctrine that made you become a servant of righteousness, no longer a slave to sin, but now you're a son and a daughter of God. Hallelujah. 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 I don't teach like Brother Curtis. God say that. I love the brother. He's He's a mighty teacher of God's Word. But I don't teach like Brother Curtis. Don't know why I got to say that, but I got to tell you that. Some folks get their eyes on men more than the message. Man, you got to quit all that. I'm telling you, church, you got to quit all that. We got to get our eyes upon the Word of God. And that's what Paul was telling Timothy Amen. He told him that all Scripture was given by inspiration of God and it was profitable for doctrine. For instruction in righteousness. Right? He was trying to tell him, hey look, don't let your opinions and your own carnal mind get in the way, Timothy. Stay true to the Word. I don't even know where I'm at here. He said, that good thing which was committed unto you, keep by the Holy Spirit which dwells in us. Again, Paul was relating to us the fact that he he bore the same burden, that Timothy was carrying the same burden that Paul had received in carrying this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he said, this you know, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. See, here's the exhortation. And there's the warning again. Don't be surprised when family leave you. When you stand up and say, Sorry, that's not right. We ain't got to be mean. We ain't got to be unkind. We're supposed to be gentle. Amen. But we also need to be bold. We need to be confident in the one in whom we believe. With an assurance not wavering in his faith because the Bible tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I think Paul understood how easy it could be or how easy it could become to be a preacher of the gospel and begin to bend because of persecution. We don't know what persecution is. We get upset and go cry because somebody blocked us or defriended us on Facebook. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? We get upset when we've been put in Facebook jail because they won't let us post anymore. Facebook's not our platform. We can use it as a platform, but that's not our platform. Wherever we're at is our platform. Wherever we're at is our platform, brother. Because we're in Christ. We're standing upon this rock. We're standing upon this, your foundation. But in the, even in the midst of standing and on this sure foundation where we can be confident and be persuaded to know that this is, this is the only message that God is working in. That means to be fully convinced. Fully convinced. Even in the midst of our fully being convinced, we can become weary. We can, we can begin to Faint because of the results that we see going on around us. Well, I thought they were determined. I thought they were sold out to this truth. I thought they were really all in. We preach these, these messages in these in these conferences. All in. 2020 vision. Being single-eyed. I thought they were really there only to find out, no, they're not sold out to this message. No, they haven't fully surrendered to Calvary. They haven't taken on Timothy's burden. And so Paul would tell Timothy this, know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous times. Difficult to face Dangerous times. fiercest times. Times I believe whereby our faith will be tried like never before. And because of such, there would be many forms of, go- of the gospel presented. But not the gospel. That's why Paul would say, there's some that be troubling you over there who's preaching... Another gospel. Amen. Paul had to correct that. He had to deal with that. And I'm here to tell you today that as Paul did that, he did that as a father to his children. Amen. We need that same correction today. We need that same warning today. Amen, because without that warning, without that man of God, that woman of God who stands upon the Word of God, it will only end up in confusion and division when there's a mixture. Always. Always. That's why we... And listen, not only will it bring confusion, amen, and division, it'll bring doubt and unbelief to the true gospel. Amen. And what will happen, it will it, it will affect you because again, we are emotional creatures. Amen. We love our families, we love our parents, we love our, our kids. But sometimes our emotions, amen, will waver, reducing our strength, causing us not. Who want to stay the course I don't fault this fight and fought this fight and fought this fight Noah where are you going Noah Lord well, let's just listen Noah didn't allow his love and affection for his family move him from being mindful of the work of the Lord. Neither did it move him away from God's only redemption plan. While we may love folks, don't let them move you from the cross. Don't let your fishing buddies move you from the cross. Don't let your hunting buddies move you from the cross. There may be a call of God on your life and you may be forsaking that call for something temporary right now. But we're not to be entangled in the yoke of bondage. The Lord wants you to come back to Calvary. The Lord wants you to come back to Calvary. And He wants you to stand for this gospel. I said He wants you to stand For this gospel. Paul would not only say that there was those who turned from him. Then he would turn around again. And he would say this in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He would tell Timothy. I know I'm I'm giving you a lot. Just bear with me. He would say thou therefore my son be strong. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He was trying to tell Timothy. Timothy when you feel a little weary. in well doing. The Bible says, grow not weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you. Well, if you what? Faint not. Faint not. So I got to have something to keep me from fainting. I got to have the grace of God in truth. See, the example we set before others is to encourage it them to come out from where they're at. Amen. It's not just come out from among them, be separate. No, the stand that we make in regards to the truth of God's word of Christ crucified as being the only way of justification and sanctification, it brings forth a dividing line to make people make a decision. You can call yourself pre-elected and pre-everything else, but what was predestined and what was pre-done was the cross. But it's your choice whether or not you're going to accept that. And it's your choice whether or not you're going to take it up and follow Amen. I said, it's your choice of whether or not you're going to continue and you're going to follow. But he would say, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We need grace for the race that's set before us. And the only way we're going to find that grace to continue to run, listen, we're called to run a race. We're called to run a race not as one who's beating the air just just going through motions no we're called to run in a race i don't know what i don't know where my lane is just keep fighting the fight of faith the lord's going to open the lane he's going to show you where to be he's going to show you where to operate in and where to serve him how to serve him and he'll provide his power and his strength for you to carry it out don't look upon look don't look about what 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 i, what I need to do what i need to do what i need don't look at that. He's already did that. He's already did all that. If you'll just look to him, he's going to begin to do something in you. You can't do. Paul said he was made a minister. He was made a minister. He was made a minister. we making disciples. And if they're being made disciples, you're being made something. You're being made ministers. Hallelujah. My Lord. My Lord, I'm shaking all over. Like Paul said, with fear and trembling. Oh, my Lord, let the word of God go forth in the power and demonstration of the Spirit. Hallelujah. My Lord, thank you, Jesus. He said, You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man who wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he might please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. See, Paul didn't just call him his son. He said, No, that's just not my son. That's my soldier. He's a soldier in the army of the Lord. He was on the front lines standing with me in this gospel. He was truly on the battlefield with the Lord, serving him until he died. Hallelujah. Who wants to join up? Who wants to sign up? Amen. Because when Paul told him to be not ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, he was saying, be not ashamed to be a martyr for Christ. Be not ashamed to be a martyr for Christ. da 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 no man who wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he might please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. The Lord has called Timothy not just to be a pastor of a church, but a soldier of the cross, knowing that he would undergo extreme hardships, extreme heartaches, sleepless nights, Parents know what we're talking about. If you got your kids and they out all night and you're wondering what they're doing, you get concerned for them. Hey Amen. What are they doing? Where are they at? What are they doing? You begin to pray for them. Because you care for them. Paul had that same care for the church. He was watching the direction of the church of that day, and he knew again that in the hands of Timothy, who was bearing the same burden that he bore to take this gospel, Amen. That Timothy had great responsibility, Amen. Look at Second Timothy chapter three, verse fourteen. I got so much. he said of these things, put them in remembrance charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Again, he's telling them, put everybody, not just himself, in remembrance, but everybody. We're called to be soldiers of the cross. We're called to endure to the end. Jesus said, those who endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Again, it's not just about starting. It's about finishing this faith. It's about finishing this fight of faith. To continue in the Word. To continue to fight this good fight of faith. To remain faithful and true to the call of God upon his life. And to continue. Paul, Paul was exhorting Timothy. He wasn't putting him under law. He was exhorting him to stir that gift up by not neglecting it, but to study the Word. Stay in it, Timothy! Stay in it, Timothy! Stay in it, Timothy! But again, it's the Word of the cross that brings reproof and correction and instruction for righteousness. But we see here in 2 Timothy chapter 4 where we're at, where he tells him, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, He shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing. He says, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with long suffering. In order for Timothy to do so, he was going to have to fight to stay. You don't, to to you, you, you don't have to go to church today, you can watch online. You don't have to go to church today, you can watch online. You don't have to go to church today. You you watch some other time. You know what happens is, oh, you get busy and you find something else to do. Oh, but I but I, but but it was on TV. It was going. I, I could hear it in the background. But you're not submitting yourself to it. You're not availing yourself to it. You're giving God your leftovers. Look, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord dealt with me about something. Woof, my Lord. We sing, I surrender all, but have we? Where He leads me, I will follow. Where He sends me, I'll go. Will you? Are you just singing the words? Come on. I'm talking about putting it all down. We sing it and we say it, but do we really examine our heart? Are we saying it with our lips, but our heart's like, not really, Lord. That's real stuff. Yeah, that's real stuff. So Paul knew the fight that Timothy had to fight because there's emotions, there's the feelings, there's family, there's friends, there's jobs, there's this and this and this and this and this and this. this. He says, you're going to let all that go to follow me as I follow Christ? Are you going to let all that go? Come on. To fight to stay planted in Christ? Are you going to let all of that go? <laughs> Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? I'm not talking about sanctification by works. But what I am talking about is biblical Christianity where we truly surrender all. Amen. Paul would tell Timothy, preach the word. Fight to stay planet in Christ. Fight to remain in your calling. Fight to keep this faith. Fight to finish the course that's set before you. Go to uh, Hebrews 12 and 1. Oh, man. Oh, Lord. He says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. See, folks is watching you. Folks is watching you We tell them, hey, where y'all going to church? I said, we're going over Highway 59. I know where that is. We ain't been here long. Everybody knows where that is. And if they all know where that is, I think they already know what they be preaching over here, what we be believing. He says, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience. That word patience means steadfast, consistently, enduring. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy. Watch this. Well, man, you know, I I don't know if I can do that. You know, I'm going to have to lose all my my life. And, you know, I'm going to have to give up this. I'm going to have to give up this. And, you know, to follow Jesus, man, I, I don't know if I'm going to do all that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of the faith, who for the joy that was set before him. See, when we embrace the cross and what Christ really did, Amen. serving the Lord is not necessarily a work. It becomes a joy. Hmm. It can become a chore if our faith is in what we're doing and we grow weary. But if we're dependent upon the grace of God in truth, it becomes a joy. Who for the joy that was set before us endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him who endured he did what he endured what to the end such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied in your mind uh, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds here it is right here that means this lest you be wearied lest you grow tired and relax in your mind i want to take a break from that cross for a minute. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to go over here and do my thing. You know, that bar was pretty... That bar lifestyle was kind of fun. <laughs> That's that flesh talking. That's that flesh talking. Just one look, one, one peep. That ain't going to hurt. That's that flesh talking. Trying to keep you away from Christ. Instead of you... Instead of that old man being put off, you're wanting to put him back on. The Bible says, Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. When you look away from Calvary, that's all you're doing. You're not following Christ. I don't care what the name on the church door is. It's not the cross, it's not of Christ. well, I just feel like it's time for me to move on. If you fail to hold fast, you'll slip fast. I said, if you fail to hold fast to this gospel, you will slip fast. Now understand, God is patient and long-suffering, and he will keep us longer than we we will will hold to him. Praise God for His faithfulness. But don't take His grace for granted. You're not guaranteed another moment, another day, another hour, another second. Amen? Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift of God. Again, that word means to rekindle. I wish they were singing that song again. To rekindle. To bring back alive, to stir up the embers, to blow on the coals of the altar. It was from that coal of the altar that the Lord would touch the mouth of Isaiah. We need the Lord to touch us with that cold one more time. To rekindle, to bring back alive, to stir, to, to stir the embers, to revive, to bring back to life. Paul He knew the potential that Timothy was given as as far as his charge to preach the gospel. But Paul was encouraging him stay faithful and true. Don't let the fire go out, Timothy, but stir the gift. But stir the gift. Stir the gift. I was thinking along these lines. Again, when Paul said, Study to show thyself approved. Do you remember after you're saved? And you're joyfully saved. You're rejoicing in the truth. And you begin to read the Word of God. And the Lord begins to minister to your heart. He begins to reveal things to you. And a lot of these things are very simple things. Stories that we may have even heard as little children. But we're reminded of these things. And something on the inside begins to rise up within us. And we begin to become encouraged. We begin to feel strengthened. Like them dry bones that Ezekiel prophesied to. The Bible says and there was a noise and there became a shaking. And then bones begin to rattle. Amen. Because them bones be- be- begin to become alive. Why was it? Because of the preaching of God's word. Amen. When God told Moses, amen, amen, to offer a sacrifice, to tell every person in the nation of Israel, amen, who was in Egyptian bondage, to take a lamb for a house, a lamb for a man, a lamb for a house, and a lamb for a nation amen, and to take the blood of that lamb and put it upon the doorpost of the house, amen, and the Lord said, and when I send my death angel through, amen, when I I see the blood, I'll pass over you, amen, that encourages us, that strengthens us to know that the blood has been applied, to know that what Jesus Christ did was more than enough to keep us, I'm encouraged when I read the words, amen, of when the Lord spoke unto Joshua, and he says, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I'm encouraged, amen, when I read the words concerning Gideon, when he said he was the least of his own household, but the Lord says, no, I'm sending you. I want you to be encouraged this morning. Amen, that the Lord has not left you. He's not forsaking you. He's still there with you, but he's waiting for you to surrender more to him. (sighs) Hallelujah. I get excited when I think about them Hebrew boys thrown in that fiery trial and there's a fourth man standing in the fire Amen. I get excited when I hear about how God delivered Daniel out of the lion's den. I'm just thinking maybe, just maybe, maybe, maybe when Paul was telling Timothy, just remember some of this. Just remember some of this. Don't you remember? God parted the Red Sea. Amen. And they crossed over on dry land. And when they got over on the other side, they had a Holy Ghost shouting camp meeting. Hallelujah. I get excited about that. I get excited about the fact they crossed over Jordan. I get excited. Hallelujah. I said, I get excited about all of that. Do we get excited about that anymore? Or have we grown dull of hearing? See, we can, even in the cross-preaching church. We can. We can begin to grow cold. We can begin to grow indifferent. We can begin to lean to our own understanding. Or we can look to the Word of God. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. You need to know the Lord's with you. He's there to uphold you. He's there to keep you. It doesn't matter if you're in a prison palace or a pit he's with you I said he's with you this morning he's able to close the mouth of the lion he's able to take the head of the giant but the biggest giant you and I face is the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror because we fail to surrender everything to Jesus Man, help! Come on back. Somebody play something for me, real quick, if you don't mind. This morning, just want to give a.